This is Anna from the Pop Prism Power Podcast, and this is the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You are thinking, you said people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 451 of the So Wizard Podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo, and with me this week, we've got the expert, Mr. Marquis, Markellis Rake. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. And this week, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield, is on assignment, so we've got to go to the high table <laughs> and pick up the man, the myth, the legend from the Stew World Order podcast. What's going on, Stu? Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Always happy to be on. Joey, you have volunteered you guys to do a very specific movie for the show. I'm just waiting uh, for us to schedule that because it is <laughs> it is definitely a movie I'm excited, I guess I could say, to watch again. Uh, yeah, we just got to schedule it. Our, yeah, our, yeah, our no next rush, few months no are rush. legitimately insane, but we'll get there. I just, you can even reveal what movie it is, Stu, if you want. Ah, that's all right. I'll keep it hidden. But uh, okay. I, I just told you guys how far ahead I'm scheduled. So it's trust me, no right. rush on my end whatsoever. So hopefully eventually we can schedule it and then the listeners can hear it in January 2024. <laughs> Wait, this is the first I've heard of this. What movie? I <laughs> Don't <actually> worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> what am I being dragged Joey into pick. here? <laughs> it's a Joey pick. Oh, God. That's all you need to know. I stepped us up to the plate to watch something everyone else had refused. Oh, God. It's not from Justin to Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you, the listener, are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. This week, we've got our review of John Wick Chapter 4. Everyone is very excited to hear what we had to say about it. But before we get into that, how the hell is everyone doing? Stu, welcome back to the show. How are things going with you and where can people find your stuff? Uh, So the podcast is the Stu World Order podcast where we review random movies based on comic books with our guest. Uh, The podcast, yeah, it's called Stu World Order. You can find it on pretty much any kind of pod streaming application. And the website is SWOproductions.com where we have new articles every single weekday. Awesome. You're crazy. You're even crazier than us. You do this all by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, I have a couple people that do articles for me, so that helps a lot. I I have like two to three articles a week, and then I have two or three other guys that that fill in the rest of the gaps for me. So just like the podcast is currently scheduled out through the middle of September, the website is currently scheduled out through, I want to say, early June. You're out of control. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> now we got to get you pre-scheduling your TikToks, and you'll be good. Oh, yeah, that's the videos are rough. I, I have the Patreon channel and those Patreon videos come out like when I realize that my wife is at dance class and I have five minutes to myself to make a video. So those are the exact opposite. It's those happen in real time, essentially. <laughs> um, that's OK. Our Patreon uh, <laughs> output occurs when we realize it's uh, like the 20th of the month. And we only have 10 days to get everything out before <laughs> it goes back. <laughs> to the start of the month again so that's when ours goes out but it is great to have you here we'll see if uh you keep up your controversial streak of movie (laughs) reviews on our show 
Markellis Reagans, how are you this week? Uh, I am sick, man. I have been sick all week, and I was worried if I was going to be able to make it out to the theaters uh, to see John Wick because I was just not feeling good at all. But I powered through it. I was able to pry myself from my bed, make it to the theater, watch the movie, and then crawl right back into bed. In fact, up until about 10 minutes ago, I was still resting in bed. So wow. prying okay. myself again just so I could be on this podcast. You're welcome, America. <laughs> it's not coronavirus, is it? <laughs> it is not. No. Coronavirus! Uh, no, no coronavirus this time. Just regular old sickness. Excellent. Uh, well, excellent that it's not Corona, but not excellent that you're sick. Well, thank you for, uh, you know, taking one for the team. Hashtag no weeks off. So it, it's glad. Good to have you here. It's good to have you. Here. Yeah, sure. Whatever. You just, <laughs> you're just you're just <laughs> glad that uh, that someone else showed up besides Stu. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did do an episode where I was the only member of So Wizard on the show. So oh, that's true. That's true. We, we are ready to suffer for our art and for our <laughs> listeners. Joey, how are you doing this week? Um, well, much like you guys, I'm I'm lucky to be alive as we speak today. I had a wild day yesterday. Um, so how do I preface this this entire story? So I haven't been drinking energy drinks. I used to drink at least one a day, nonstop. God, going back years now because I was working third shift. Mark, you've hung out with me in different places. You've seen me drink energy drinks before. Quite a few of them. Yes. <laughs> sometimes. Yes. Um, I stopped drinking them in November. So in November, I stopped drinking energy drinks. When I got COVID in January, I had been planning on ending soda. But yeah, I mean, we all know caffeine withdrawal from soda is brutal. Like you're not you're not going to make it through that. It, it's tough. So while I had COVID, I, I wasn't doing anything except drinking water and Gatorade. So. All of a sudden, it'd been a, a week and a half later, and I realized I hadn't had a soda in a week and a half. So I was like, "Oh, now I'm just going to keep it going." So I, pro and it, it's not like a psycho thing where I'm like, um, you know, no caffeine, no soda. I, I don't want to drink soda, but I'm not like psycho about it. Like I'll have a soda, maybe have like one every two weeks now, like one can of soda every two weeks. So my caffeine tolerance is very low. Um, yesterday I decided, you know, I'm sick of, uh, you know, c continually gaining weight, uh, and I need to get my ass back to the gym. So I had on TikTok <laughs> bought, it wasn't bought. It was like this company that sells pre-workout stuff. And if you paid shipping, they'd send you samples and a free t-shirt. So I did that and I gave that free t-shirt to my friend Derek and I still had the samples for the pre-workout stuff. I'd just been here for like maybe like six months. And then Yesterday, I was like, I'm going to go back to the gym. I'm sick of being fat and gaining weight. It's time to get back on track. We got cons coming up. I have other events I want to go to and actually take pictures of myself and not be embarrassed or hiding. So I took the pre-workout stuff before I went to the gym. And it said it takes a half an hour to kick in. And I'm dry it's about a 20-minute drive to the gym. So on the way there, I start feeling like really weird. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? And like my heart is like pounding out of my chest. Like I'm like, I'm going to die. So I'm like in the parking lot of the gym, like Googling, like, can I die from pre-workout mix? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it was, uh, like extreme amounts of creatine, uh, L arginine and caffeine. Jesus. And with my low tolerance to caffeine right now, it, it just wrecked me. I literally felt like I was dying and having a heart attack, but I still went to the gym because I was like, I'm here and I have to do this. So I went and worked out 
But I did message Derek because he does take that stuff and he works out all the time and he's like power lifter guy. And he, I'm like, am I going to die because I took this? And he's like, no, but you shouldn't have taken it. <laughs> <laughs> so it took me about two and a half hours to come down from it. Like of my heart, just like racing like crazy. And I was shaky. It was, it was scary, but I made it. And I was worried mostly not about dying, but not getting to go see John Wick four before I died <laughs> and recording tonight. Cause I was going to let you guys down. <laughs> so Joey couldn't be here tonight because uh, he died. Uh, right. <laughs> in a parking lot he died. outside of a gym. He died from pre-workout. <laughs> Plus, you don't want to be the guy that calls 911 at the gym and then the ambulance has to come and take some fat guy out of the gym. Like, how embarrassing is that? <laughs> I'm, like, clutching my chest, walking past the desk. They're like, are you okay, sir? I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> so that was my exciting weekend. Um, I did watch seven movies this weekend. I saw that. That's insane. Somehow I didn't have to work at job number two on Friday night, and I usually end up having to leave early from job number one on Fridays because I'm not allowed to go into overtime. So and I work so much during the week that Friday ends up just being how many hours can I actually work today before I go into overtime Um, in some weeks that's. You know, four or five, some weeks that's like two. So I I had an early day at my my real job and then I came home and nothing to do. So it was like, all right, you know, I'm going to try to watch seven movies this weekend. So, you know, just kind of, you know, sat down in front of the TV. So give us give us an inside baseball here. What was the best and what was the worst? I mean, it's well, you know, we're going to talk about John Wick in a few minutes, so we can't (laughs) talk about that. Two of them are embargoed review screeners that I can't talk about. Okay, Um, fair. I can tell you what they were. Uh, One of them was the Japanese remake of Cube. Coming to Screenbox this month, but I can't talk about it more than that. The other one is uh, direct to D. Well, sorry, direct to VOD, not DVD anymore. My bad. Uh, direct to VOD movie. Mark, look at this cast: Casper Van Dyne, okay, Mina Suvari, and Mickey Rourke are Hunt Club. Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> but I did watch uh, Deathstalker two on Tubi. Have you ever seen that, Stu? I have definitely not. Mark Alice Reagan? Never even heard of it. Oh, it's really bad. <laughs> It's not a classic I, uh, entry into the Death Stalker franchise. That's right. It's definitely better than part one. But um, <laughs> and then I watched Ninja, comma Demons Massacre on Tubi, which is another of my favorite type of movies, which are horribly bad uh, ninja <laughs> karate movies with terrible dubbing, and uh, it's another like Godfrey Ho era style movie where somebody just took two completely different movies and spliced them together with absolutely no care as to whether they make sense or not. So that's great. That was fun. I actually watched The Last Action Hero, which I had never seen. Really? Yeah. Mark, you've seen that. I used to work at Blockbuster. I know you've seen that. Yeah, I saw it. But like when it first came out, I've only seen it one time. I couldn't tell you anything about that movie right now. Um, you know, I, I said that really at you. Like, it's so extravagant that you've never seen Last Action Hero. I've only seen it since COVID started. So uh, I, I think I saw it in the first year of COVID. So I shouldn't judge. Yeah, that was a weird time when I when it came out that I just somehow never got to see it. And it was a bomb and people were saying it was so bad. And, and I watched it. So, you know, and had wacky cameos in it, like Sharon Stone from uh, Basic Instinct is in it. Literally as the character from Basic Instinct. <laughs> nice. 
what a great kids movie. But <laughs> yeah, no, that, that I saw that. So I, I mean, it was all right. It was an absolute fucking mess. But you know, it wasn't as bad as people make it out to be. Um, then I'm, I watched John Wick, obviously, and then I watched something I'm going to save for my recommendations later on. But I did it. I made it to seven movies, which puts me at 64 first watch movies for the year. Wow. And we're not even in April yet. Nope. I'm hoping I can get to uh, 70 before April, but I don't know because oh, life is yeah, crazy. Oh, yeah, that's tough. Life is crazy. And it's – as we record this – it's March 27th. So I don't know, four days, six movies in four days. I mean, I could do it, but But they're weekdays. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I have to work at my other job. I have to work long hours at my real job. So I don't think it's going to happen, but we're on a good pace. We're on a good pace now to hit 160. So, but you know what? Enough about us. Marcellus Reagan's let's talk a little bit more about us. Please tell the listeners where they can find more. So is the podcast. All right, so everybody can head on over to soulwizardpodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. You'll also find an occasional movie review from yours truly. You'll also find some reviews and some recommendations and interviews from the one and only Adam Wallyhawk. You'll also find our merchandise there, t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, coffee mugs, all located in our Tee Public store. You'll also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. So definitely get at us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review while you're there, if you can. Uh, You can find our podcast wherever podcasts can be found. And that's including the Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Good Pods. We have a YouTube page with new content premiering there regularly. So definitely check that out. We have a Patreon page where you can support the show. And for as little as a dollar a month, you'll receive exclusive content year round. Shout out to all of our buddies in the Geek World All-Stars Podcast and Network. Back to you, Joey. takes a lot of work okay you have to organize the guests you have to do a google calendar and then you build a following it takes a lot of time all right guys it's time for our review of john wick chapter four we all had a chance to go check it out in the movie theaters we're going to talk a little bit non-spoiler to start so you'll get kind of our impressions of going the movies what we thought of the movie but no spoilers so if you haven't seen it yet you'll at least know what we all thought then Marcellus will drop the drop delineating spoilers so that you can bounce or stick around as we talk about it more in depth. So to get started, I want to ask up front and first, Stu, are you a fan of this series or did we force you against your will to go see a movie you have no idea what was happening in? No, I, I really like this franchise. Uh, I think the first John Wick is probably one of the five best action movies ever made. I thought two dipped a little bit, but then I really enjoyed part three. So I was very excited for this one. I did not have a chance to rewatch the series going into it. So there was some stuff where I was a little like, I don't remember what's going on here. But by and large, I've seen all three of them. I really like all three of them. Okay, good. Sometimes we like to make people watch movies from franchises they don't like, like when Amanda joins us to talk Fast and the Furious. 
She'll, she'll be back for Fast X. Don't worry, guys. Uh, Markellis Reagans, I know you are a fan of this franchise. I am. And you know what's funny is I have uh, I bought the the trilogy when it was on sale uh, back when um all the video stores were shutting down. And I had like my digital copies um, put on there. And I'm like, oh, let me get ready for John Wick 4. Let me watch the other ones. I'm not even going to bother grabbing the DVDs. I'm just going to watch my digital copies. I could not find my digital copies anywhere. Like they're gone. They like disappeared. And I'm like, oh, maybe they're on a different streaming service. Maybe they're on, uh, you know, maybe they're on my Voodoo account instead of my movies everywhere or whatever. But no, I can't find my digital copies anywhere. So I am now a firm believer of physical copies from now on. <laughs> I thought you were already, though. I thought you were a big physical media guy. No, I like it occasionally, but I'm, you know, I enjoy the digital aspect for the same reason as you, Joy. You just I'm, sometimes you just don't feel the energy to get upstairs, to go downstairs and get your DVDs. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's just easy for it to for me to just pick up the remote and watch what I want to watch. But yeah, this is, I mean, I, then I started to look at all my other movies. I'm like, am I missing anything else? And everything else seems to be in place, but I don't know what happened to my John Wick digital copies. They're just gone, completely gone. Maybe the high table got them. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so I did watch them, but I had to watch them on my uh, Blu-ray DVDs, which is fine. But still, I'm a strong supporter of physical copies moving forward. I, I am, but like I've said on this show and on other shows, when we were on Home Video Hustle, uh, commiserating with Brent, uh, I'm trying to not spend exorbitant amounts of money on collector's edition Blu-rays of movies I can watch on YouTube or Tubi. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there will not be a Deathstalker 2 Ultimate Collector's Edition <laughs> Blu-ray coming to my house anytime soon. You know what's funny, Mark? Um, there was like a Mega Force, like Ultimate Collector's Edition box set. Yeah, that was oh my god! I think it was like two hundred something dollars. It came with like a patch and a hat and like all this <laughs> cool stuff. Jesus! And I was like, yes, deeds not words. But I stopped <laughs> myself from ordering it because it was not just like two hundred something dollars. It was also shipped from Australia. Oh my god! You don't need that yeah. in your life, man. <laughs> oh. Paul and Wayne were going to send that to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> they should have. But yeah, that was a, that was a hard no. Same thing with the um, I got Evangelion on Blu-ray, but there was like an expensive collector's edition that came with like records and shit. And I was like, oh, man, I really want that. <laughs> but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So. Cool. 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 Yeah. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the franchise uh, all the way back to the first one. I bought the first one on Blu-ray just unseen. Because it was getting a lot of hype um, from action movie fans. And then I was like, holy shit. Um, and I made my daughter watch it immediately. Um, and so then we went and saw it part two in the theater, part three in the theater. Um, right after part two came out, I made my son watch both of them. And then we went all as a family. What a family event to go see John Wick three in the theater. And then we all went uh, we all went to see part four. So, yeah, big fan of the franchise. So, Stu... You went to the theater to see this movie. Please tell us about your movie-going experience. Uh, not nearly as bad as whenever I had to see Megan or whenever all you guys went to see Scream. Man, that sounded nightmarishly bad for you guys. And my Megan experience was the exact same. No, my, uh, my theater experience was pretty good. I waited till just a few hours before the movie to get seats 
And I'm on my AMC app and there are two seats like right in the middle of the theater that nobody has taken. And I'm thinking like, are these recliner seats broken? Do people know things that I don't know? But I took the seats and they worked out just fine. So I had really good seats. The the theater was full of people who were excited for the movie, but nobody was obnoxious or anything. I think it was the Sunday night experience. I've learned from Megan. I'm not going to see movies Saturday nights anymore. It is not ideal. But uh, the the experience was good. I snuck in some uh, Cadbury mini eggs. <laughs> I bought a I bought a large drink because I do like to support the theater, even though I snuck in my own snack. But uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Good times. Awesome. And, uh, I found eating the Cadbury mini eggs. Boy, those things. The shells are so crunchy. And during the the rare quiet times in this movie, I'm just like munch 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 <laughs> on my Cadbury egg. I agree with you. We we snuck in uh, snacks to this one and I didn't for I want to say like the first like Christ, man, uh, we only recently started sneaking stuff into the theater. So it's, it's only been a few years since we started sneaking stuff into the theater. I was always, you know, I'm, I'm raising my children and I'm teaching them things and I don't want to be like, you don't have to obey this rule because <laughs> you don't like it. Like there's a rule. You obey the rule. So like you can't sneak stuff into the movies. You can't sneak stuff in the movies. Once they got a certain age, I'm like, all right, we're fucking sneaking everything in. Um, I, there was one, I don't even know what movie it was. Me and my son went to target beforehand and they had Gatorades on sale, but they were the big ass Gatorades. <laughs> and it was, um, it was in the summer. So we didn't have like jackets or coats to hide them in. So I went in the bathroom after we paid for them. I went in the bathroom and put one under each of my armpits and I couldn't lift my arms up the entire time we were walking in. It was, it was a wild time, but. Anyway, Marcellus Reagan's your movie going experience. Uh, my movie going experience was fine. Uh, I wanted to go on Friday night, um, but I was sick, like sick as hell. Um, so the I tried to put it off for as long as possible till we recorded the show. So I decided to go on Sunday morning, which actually worked out pretty good. Yeah, the, the crowd was cool. Sunday morning, there's not really a lot of like <laughs> rowdy people like making noise and stuff in a movie so that worked out pretty well the only thing is i was going into these coughing fits uh and luckily john wick has a lot of gunfire so <laughs> <laughs> i was able to like you know no one could really hear me cough with all of that all of the the, <laughs> kel- the uh, shell casings hitting the ground but um yeah i'm just sucking on uh cough drops and uh trying to not ruin a movie for anyone else uh but yeah it, it was good I had, a, I had a good time uh, in, in, the mo- in the movie theater, no one can hear you cough. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in an action movie, no one can hear you cough. Uh, I I will say, you know, and you know, we talked about Shazam last week, and you know, the movie's just been getting so much crap about, you know, how bad it is and the drop off and blah blah blah. I will say that watching that movie on the biggest screen possible, like they say in the commercials, if you're watching John Wick on a screen this size, blah blah blah. But it actually does make a difference. Uh, I watched Shazam last week, and on the big screen, it looked amazing. And the same thing for John Wick. I'm so glad I went to go see it on the biggest screen that I could because uh, it looked amazing. Stu, do you get that commercial before you go to the movies where it's like, if you're watching Avatar, the way of water on the small screen in your hand, you aren't experiencing <laughs> it at all. 
<laughs> no, I go to AMC, and for most of the fairly big new releases, we go the weekend of, and we go to the big Dolby Theater. Oh, and you, which... so you just get Nicole Kidman. <laughs> right. Well, it, actually, at the in the Dolby Theater, there's no a or there's no uh, Nicole Kidman commercial. It's just like three commercials in a row telling you how awesome Dolby is, and the seats <laughs> vibrate with the sound, and blah blah blah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I. Going to those kind of theaters, like we have XD, which is kind of like a little bit nicer than regular theaters from Cinemark. But for me and Mark to go to like a true IMAX experience, it's a huge drive yeah. in either direction. I don't even know, Mark, if the one at Jordan's Furniture that's like laser 4K ever reopened after COVID. Um, yeah, the last time but, I checked, the last time I checked, it was still closed. I don't I don't know if it's going to reopen. Yeah, that's where I saw The Force Awakens. It was like one of seven laser 4K IMAX theaters in the entire globe. Yeah. And it was like phenomenal. The seats like shook and vibrated. This is insane. But like, I don't know. We've never gone back because it's always been closed since then. So anyway, um, yeah, we went to the movies. Like I said, we snuck candy and food in and, and that was it. There was nothing which is good. Like, that's good. There's nothing bad to report about our trip to the movies. I was nervous. Because, as as you know, I take going to the theater very seriously and I want to get there and see my girl Maria and, the, you know, <laughs> I want to see the newbie trivia and I want to see, um, I don't know, there's some girl that does, uh, you know, they have like really poorly read off cue cards, like facts about Shazam or whatever, Mark, you know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's like, this is so-and-so with your superhero minute. And oh, like they yeah. talk about <laughs> stupid shit. One of the girls, I don't know what the... Her name is, but it sounds like she says queef, <laughs> okay. which is highly inappropriate. And I'm just like, who is this person? I tried looking them up on, on social media, but their um, name is, is spelled so different that I can't figure it out. So uh, anyway, I got to see all my, my new V. I got to see all my commercials and all the trailers. I, I don't really remember anything about the trailers. I know we got Evil Dead Rise and Boogeyman. But I don't remember any of the other trailers, so I don't know why Stephen King wrote a book about the disco era. But um, here we are, the boogeyman. You know? I just realized this time before John Wick, because I turned to my wife and said, I was like, oh, I just realized that boogeyman movie's PG-13 and that upsets Is it? me. Yeah. Oh, boo. I don't have a problem with that. Horror movies can be PG-13. Not everything needs to be a uh, gore fest, but. Oh, I agree, but that brings me back to when I saw Megan, which was a PG-13 oh, right, movie, right. and it was just, it was more the experience of what a PG-13 horror brings to the theater than anything yeah. else. If you're going to go see that, you need to take a day off of work and go at, like, yeah, like <laughs> two noon on a Tuesday. Afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You need to call the theater. What time are teenagers not available? <laughs> um, but, so I was getting nervous because, uh, like, a gaggle of teenagers that looked like... Remember one of the Avatar kids that had like a bussin haircut? You know what I'm talking about? In the movie Way of Water. You know what I'm talking about, guys? I do not. Unfortunately, I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, Mark knows what I'm talking about. They all looked like that. Not, not, they were not blue Navi, but they had the haircut. Um, if they were Navi, that would have been probably better. I see you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jake Sully. <laughs> um, but I was really worried because they were kind of talking and being kind of goofy through Nuvi and the in the trailers. So I was like, oh, these guys are going to fucking talk to the movie. I'm going to have to get up and say something and it's going to be an issue. <laughs> this is going to be a problem because we had been looking forward to going to see this for a while. Like my son has been talking about it all week. We're ready to run through a fucking brick wall to get to the movie theater. We were ready. And 
they were fine. No one talked throughout the whole movie. Nice. So it was good. It was good. So it was a nice, normal experience at the movies. And now, guys, it's time to give our non-spoiler impressions of the film. Marcellus Reagans, what did you think of John Wick Chapter 4? I thought it was amazing. Um, I think it's one of the, the rare action movies that... I'm sorry, one of the rare action sequels that's better than the ones that came before it. Um, I It's not a perfect movie. I did have my issues with it, but as far as it being an action movie, it's definitely one of the best action movies probably in the past, I don't know, 20, maybe 30 years. Uh, it's 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 amazing that they were able to keep it up to chapter four to still be this good. So uh, yeah, I thought it was absolutely amazing. And I was prepared to sit in the theater for a long time because I knew it was like close to three hours. Man, that time flew by. It did not feel long at all. Excellent. Stu, the floor is yours. Non-spoiler impressions of John Wick Chapter 4. Uh, I definitely agree it's better than two or three. I think it's probably comparable to one. I would have to watch one again. I think, and I'll get into this more when we get onto the other side of the spoiler break, I think tonally it's oddly so different than part one. It's hard for me to directly compare them, but... Yeah, no, I thought it was a ton of fun. I I just I chuckled and I laughed and I definitely think there were times the movie was supposed to be making me laugh and other times just the absurdity of what was going on made me laugh and it looks brilliant. God, just the use of color in this movie, the reds and the greens and then the blues and the oranges all together. It just it, it looks so goddamn nice and I I just really enjoyed it beginning to end. I do think I did feel its runtime a little bit, but I never minded. It was like when I felt the runtime of The Dark Knight way back when I saw that in theaters, but it was more of a, boy, I hope this movie never ends kind of runtime. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, for me, I pretty much feel like in a three-hour span, I may have seen the best movie of the year, um, and I arguably the best action movie of the millennium. So... I am going to gush about this movie the entire time we are talking about it. And hey, we actually, Mark, may have uh, seen the woman crush of the year as well in this movie. So, <laughs> yes, um, it's it's all coming together. It hashtag it's all connected. Um, this was phenomenal. If you are a fan of action movies, if you are a fan of this franchise, there's no reason for you not to see this on the biggest screen possible. Don't watch John Wick Chapter four <laughs> on the small screen in your head. <laughs> um, but. There's no reason not to go see this in theaters on the biggest screen possible. This is balls out, just amazing action. And like, like I said, uh, you know, afterwards, me and the family were like, if they had had like a weight bench set up in the lobby, we just would have started fucking lifting. Like we were fucking pumped, dude. We were ready to go after this movie. Holy shit. Like Colin wanted to fucking bench press a mini bus in the parking lot. Like we were ready to go. Like this movie ruled. So good. Just so good. Uh, I, I, I cannot imagine anything being better than this this year so that's where i'm at so you've got our impressions guys you know that we all loved it a little bit of varying degrees but we all loved this movie so no one is telling you not to go check it out we're gonna drop the drop we're gonna spoil it Marcellus, let's drop it uh i've got some spoilers one clear spoiler here's a spoiler you will die alone <laughs> all right Stu. Give us some things you liked about this movie or even loved about this movie. 
I what I really liked and loved about this movie is the first John Wick. This is what I meant about the tone earlier. It's a relatively grounded action movie. Like it's it, it was low budget. It was borderline yeah. directive DVD. Yeah, it like it's low budget, but it feels like, you know, he's a guy, he's in peril. At one point, the bad guys jump him and almost choke him to death with a plastic bag. And he's just going around fighting some people. And it, there's some gunplay, some really great action sequences, but nothing feels out of the realm of possibility. John Wick 4 is a live action cartoon. <laughs> like it's it's live action Wiley e. Coyote running around and I'm here for it. Like I think it's so different from where part 1 came from, but I just love it because you just have characters getting annihilated by cars and just getting right back up. Like I, I don't care. That's fine. I'm just I I got to shoot people. I don't have time to get run over. The the action set pieces are great. I mentioned the cars, the action set piece at the the Arc de Triomphe was phenomenal i thought for me was the high point of the movie i'm sure we'll all talk about this when you guys saw in theaters the john wick falling down the steps for what felt like 10 minutes did everyone just laugh at that yes 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 (laughs) okay yeah that was that was so comical and it's it's almost bad because as you're watching it you see the stuntman propelling himself down the stairs so he keeps going but it doesn't matter because it's it's played for laughs and it's just another thing like on top of everything that's happened to this character, you're like, yeah, this is, this might as well happen. You might as well get him to the top of these stairs just to kick him all the way back down Mm -hmm. for him to have to go back up. And I had so much fun with it. And what I, what I thought was the most cartoonish about the whole movie and It should have taken me out of the movie. I should have hated this part of the movie, but I didn't. I loved it. Is whenever he fights the fat, asthmatic, gold-toothed ninja. (laughs) I love that. Like, there's this big, fat guy who keeps taking his asthma medication and has a weird accent and has these golden teeth. But then he starts fighting and he's busting out spin kicks on John Wick. And I'm like, yeah, of of course he is. (laughs) How could he not in this universe? Perfect. Marcellus Reagans. Give us some things you liked. Uh, you know, honestly, if I went through all of the things that I liked about this movie, we would be here all night. Uh, yeah. There's, I will say, uh, I did like the touches of humor. Uh, John Wick looking up at all of those stairs, like me being as a guy who were 50 years old, <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. All of the stuff that he survived up until this point, and it's these stairs that's going to kill his knees. <laughs> so then he starts walking up the stairs, and then, you know, he finally makes it to the top. And when he almost got to the top, I'm like, man, it would be so shitty if he got kicked and had to start all over again after we went through this whole sequence. And that's what happened. And I'm like, oh, this movie, like I am in tune with this movie. I am I am right there on the same page. The, the I am Klaus guy cracked me up. <laughs> cracked me up. Uh yeah, the the fat the fat guy that that had the the gold teeth. Amazing. I thought that whole sequence was awesome. I I knew he was a martial artist, but I had no idea that he could act. He was actually really funny. I'm like, dude, you're in a John Wick movie. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to exude so much. You don't have to be so entertaining. Uh, you know, all you got to do is throw some kicks and you'll be fine. But he was actually really funny in that in that part. So I was loved that whole scene. The scene where he's using the uh, dragon's breath gun. And it's like an overview shot of the uh, of the building that he's going into. 
the thing and about it's a single take, which those always get me. Yeah, the thing about these John Wick movies is you're like, how are they going to top the last one? What can they do to top the last one? And the fact that they found oh, they found multiple ways of topping everything that's come before it in three other very action-packed movies is astounding. That whole sequence was amazing. All of the the set pieces, all of the action set pieces were were amazing and I don't think that they lasted too long. Um I thought the uh maybe the stair fight the the when him and Donnie Yen are teamed up and they're going up the stairs, maybe that took a little bit longer cuz we already went up the stairs with them once. Um but other than that, I thought all the action set pieces were great. I thought the characters were good. Uh I thought that if you want a quote-unquote action movie, it's probably not going to get much better than this uh for this year. Uh, it's going to be really hard to to top this one. Awesome. 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 So what did I like about this movie? Let's actually go into what did I love about this movie? Because I absolutely love this movie and I'm not joking around when I tell you it, it it's probably going to be the best movie of the year. And it's without a doubt in my mind, the best action movie of the entire fucking year 2000 up. Um, oof, I don't know. When did the raid come out, actually? So that it, it's tough, but it's up there. It's, it's in the upper echelon. This is a legitimate like amazing action movie. If you like action movies, there's no reason on earth you won't like this. And I love everything about it. The best thing to me is that the action is shot in a way where you can see everything. So the camera doesn't rush up on a close up of Keanu Reeves face, then pull back. So a stunt man can do stuff while the camera shakes around. Um, we're not having seizures or anything like that. No born identity crap in this. They pull the camera back and let you see all the choreography and it is breathtaking. <laughs> it's so good. And every set piece is different than the set piece before it. And I, you know, the last hour is nonstop action and all these different set pieces. And you, if the movie had ended at two hours, it still would have been a phenomenal movie. Yep. <laughs> it still would have been one of the best action movies of all time. And then they go and go balls out for like 55 minutes of nonstop action. It, it was just phenomenal. I loved everything about this movie. I loved the cast. I loved the action. I loved the set pieces. My God. Uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to even like verbalize like what I loved so much about this movie, but I will say to both of you guys, Scott Atkins, who played uh, the fat guy Killa? Yeah, is a direct-to-video action movie superstar. Um, he's been in over sixty-seven movies, <laughs> and um, most of them are are pretty terrible Redbox direct-to-video stuff. Though he was great in uh, in some of them. He's been in some some really fun uh, B movies. He was in uh, Boyka Undisputed. If you remember that movie from a few years ago. Oh, obviously. He, yeah. I mean, he's been in a bunch of these type of movies, right? But they were always the direct to red box type stuff. So for him to finally get a chance in a big budget action movie and knock it out of the park is just like chef's kiss, man. Like that guy earned that shit. <laughs> he yeah. earned the right. Um, that was a brutal kill when he got kicked off the stairs. and Yeah, it was. The whole theater just went, oh, oh. <laughs> And, you know, I, I, I think my favorite thing about the movie is that it really does kind of complete John Wick's story, you know, and and I think that kind of goes back to what Stu said in the first movie. It, it besides the fact that it was mandated by their budget, I think the first movie was was kind of low key because he had been out of the game. He'd been out. He didn't want to be a, an assassin anymore. They dragged him back in. 
and then it slowly over the course of <laughs> three more movies gets him to the point where he's he's basically Superman at the end of, of these movies. So yeah. um, I, just incredible, incredible uh, movie, incredible action set pieces. But there has to be something you didn't like about it. Stu, what didn't you like about the movie? And I already know what one of them is going to be. I can feel it in my bones. Oh, interesting. Well, I have two that j- uh, jump right to mind. One is that it felt like this movie didn't really know what to do with the Winston heel turn. So it just undid it. And it just made him a good guy. This whole movie again, it felt like it made the Winston heel turn from part three, just kind of a, a shock value moment in that movie that didn't but was really matter. He a good guy? Was he a good guy? Because at the end, he, he was self-serving. Yeah. He's very self-serving he negotiates his own terms to make his life better without telling John. <laughs> but I expected him to be against John and he's not, he's literally in John's corner. He's John's number two in this movie. And it's, it's fine. Like it's not a heavy complaint. Again, I'm on board with you guys. I love this movie. I just felt like, Oh, okay. But it just felt like kind of meaningless from the last movie. And the other down I have is just uh, John's death at the end. It was so inauspicious that I was just like, uh, uh, did he die? Are we sure he died? It doesn't feel like he should have died. Like, I guess he had kind of a peaceful death that was the culmination of all the the hit points he lost over the course of the movie. But he just kind of sits down on the stairs and looks at the sun and then slumps over. And well, he then did you get see, to see his uh, tombstone. So he did get to see Bridget Moynihan one last time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it felt, I don't want to say it felt unearned. I guess it felt earned for the character. It felt unearned for me as the audience. Like I, I wanted something better or for him to not die, I guess. It just kind of was a letdown. Yeah, from what I understand, they were supposed to film John Wick 4 and 5 back to back. And then COVID happened and they just basically put them all into one movie. So he may, this may have been cut off at some point halfway through and he survives to then die in the fifth one. But, uh, yeah, this was a mishmash of those two movies, which is great, which is why it was pretty much nonstop action for three hours. So, and a very, a very small thing I dislike, which could easily turn into a very big thumbs up, depending on what they do from here is I came out of this movie with like three characters where I was like, I need to know more about these characters. I need to know more about bullet train guy's daughter. I need to know more about Mr. Nobody. And I need to know more about Donnie Yen. So if this movie just leaves those three characters and that's it, then it's a down, but give me three movies about those three characters. And that turns into a big up because I loved all of them. And I feel like I don't know enough of their story yet. What about Clancy Brown as the Harbinger, a.k.a. Oh, Mr. Yeah. Krabs? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I I said, oh, Mr. Krabs is really angry at Pennywise. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he's great to see in anything. I don't know that I left thinking I needed more of him, but anytime that, you know, the world wants to give me Clancy Brown, I'm happy. So, yeah. See, here's the thing with me with him. I love him. I loved him in Highlander and every other schlocky genre thing he's been in. But it's also hard for me to root for him to get these roles over other people that are overlooked because I know he's cashing SpongeBob checks until the end he dies. <laughs> so it, it's not like some like it's not like Scott Aiken, who's been making 35 <laughs> direct to Redbox movies a year, finally gets his chance to shine. Uh, we know Mr. Krabs is going to be OK. So. <laughs> Marcellus Reagans, uh, anything you didn't like about this movie? Yeah, there's a there's a few things that I didn't like about it. And kind of to touch on what Stu was saying before about Winston's turn, um, this was the first movie that was the first John Wick movie that was written by a new writer. It wasn't the guy that did the other three. Um, and I 
I don't think they, as far as it being an action movie, that part they they got correct. As far as them connecting all of the dots to the like the high table and the uh, elders and the the eradicator or whatever that person was from the last movie, like as far as them connecting all the dots, I don't think they did that good of a job. Um, I don't think the storyline is it's passable and it does what it's supposed to do, but it doesn't really feel fulfilling a fulfilling conclusion considering everything that they set up in the other three movies. You know, like the whole thing with part three is, you know, the person comes and she's like, all right, or they, they're like, all right, we're going to shut down the continental. It's been deconsecrated. You know, you're no longer in charge, Winston, blah, blah, blah. And then they work out this deal where, you know, all the people go to kill John Wick and Winston, they kill them all. They do a parlay and they're like, all right, the continental's yours again. It's all good. He shoots John Wick and then, you know, he has the hotel again. And then you start this movie and then you have this new character who comes in. He's like, all right, the hotel is deconsecrated again. And I'm like, well, what the hell did we spend all of part three <laughs> wanting him to get the hotel back if you're just going to take it away from him in the first five minutes of the new movie? That's bad writing. At least that's not strong writing. I can surmise what happened, but I mean, I kind of agree with you, but I, I, I would assume the idea was that Winston shot him he fell off the roof and was dead so they were all like oh, okay who cares now it's all set flash forward I don't know how many years it had been at this point six one months. or two years <laughs> six months and John Wick's back again and but, now they're like oh well fuck this guy we're just blowing up hotels yeah but no one knows John Wick is back and they knew that he was gone at the end of part three they didn't find the body so they it just seemed like a, a turn just to to check off a box it didn't feel connected story-wise you know they didn't really the elder from the other movie john wick had to walk in a desert <laughs> for days <laughs> and you know he does he can't find the elder the elder has to find him and then in this one he just rides right up to him and it's not even the same guy so that guy's not even in this movie angelica houston's not even in this movie i'm like i don't understand they're introducing all of these new characters and it's not really tying back to all of the quote-unquote ruse that they set up in the other three movies so it was a little disconjointed if you're going to be at a dance club at berlin and some guy in a suit is killing people in front of you how long how many people have to die before you realize <laughs> that maybe it's time for us to leave the club <laughs> like that was my wife's biggest complaint. Yeah, that is uh, something I actually love about the movie is that <laughs> the people in the background do not react to what's happening. So they're either so used to this happening at this dance club that they don't give a shit. Or what I thought was that, you know, we don't need to see everyone running away and screaming in the background. This movie cares only about the fight choreography on screen. They don't give a flying fuck. You're extra. You're going to rave dance over there in the corner. And that's what you're going to do for this whole scene. I don't care what happens. But this has been a thing that's been set up in each John Wick movie. Like there's a I want to say it's part three where they're killing each other in like Grand Central Station, like right there in front of people. People are like dying and people are just like walking. Oh, I got to get to my train. I got to get to my train. <laughs> I'm like, no one's seen these, these dead bodies falling. Fine. Hey, you can't miss the train. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, there's a sort of like horror movie logic that you have to apply to this movie in order to, for it to make sense or in order for you to enjoy it. You know, things like that where you're like, eh, that doesn't make sense, but who cares? The action is good. So it's that kind of um, 
I don't know, it's kind of a negative mark on me because I, I want it to be a full-rounded story. I want the script to be good. I want the story to be good, the characters to be good, uh, the action to also be good. But if the action is just good and everything else is kind of like, eh, then, you know, I'm, I'm a little bummed. And also, I love Keanu Reeves, but come on, some of his line readings in this movie was like, Jesus, that's the best take you guys have. I'm going to need a gun. Like that, what? That's the best you got, dude? Come on. So action movie, yes. Movie, movie, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in it. Well, I wasn't expecting an Oscar-winning performance from Keanu <laughs> in this one, but, you know. I wasn't expecting it either, but if it's the final one, I at least wanted him to, at least I wanted the performance to be, I wanted that, if the action is going to be elevated, I wanted other parts of it to be elevated too, including the story, including the connections to the other movies. And instead, it's just the action, which is fine. I mean, it's beyond fine. But as a movie, as a whole movie itself, that part, I think, is, is lacking. Whatever. <laughs> I also want to say one thing that I did that I, I forgot to mention that I loved. Uh, the first John Wick movie, the very beginning of the movie, it starts off with him dying uh, and looking at a video of his wife. So the fact that this one ends with him dying and, and kind of remembering his wife, I thought that was a nice bookend. Fine. Whatever. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, Joy. Is there what anything did that you didn't like about the movie? Uh, it ended I, was, <laughs> I didn't like about it. Um, honestly, there's not much here that I dislike. I mean, I could nitpick here and there, but even nitpicks are very small. They, yeah. I mean, it was sad to see Lance Reddick die on screen knowing that he's died in real life. So that was a little weird. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you guys about the ending in a few minutes, but you know, maybe just the ending a little bit. <sighs> But for the most part, there's really nothing I disliked about this movie. There's nothing where I was sitting there going, oh, no, that's stupid. I think really the only thing was the um, Kevlar suits. I think I, I and again, with this kind of level of action and gunplay and, and bullets flying everywhere and getting hit by cars and thrown off roofs and, and all this stuff. Like, I don't know how you make it happen without having some nonsense in there because he would be dead. Right. <laughs> like he would be legitimately he fell off the roof at some point and bounced off a couple things and it was like oh how did he get up from that you know like they reminded me of uh black widow when was it i think i can't remember which one of them it was like yelena was chasing her and i don't remember which one of them was fell off like a scaffold and bounced off a air conditioner and landed face first on concrete and then got up and was like <laughs> oh like, like it reminded me of that a little bit but i'm willing to give them the the because they, they've established based by, by that point in the movie, they've established that your Kevlar j suit jacket can uh, certainly take a lot of punishment. So right. um, which was also a very nice thing at the end when he's taking his jacket and is <laughs> off and you can hear the bullet shells yes. falling out of it. As yep. he's yeah. taking it off. But, um, you know, I think I think they took that a little far. I just don't know how you have these crazy action scenes without some sort of caveat like that. So that's fine. And honestly, I, I could have watched another half hour of this. If, if you gave me more of some of the side characters, I could have watched another half hour of this. No problem. So I just don't know where you would even stick that half hour. Because by the by the end of the movie, you're just like exhausted. So like it, it's that last hour is insanity. So it, it was exhausting by the end of it. But it was an awesome exhausting. So very few things for me. So uh, Markellis, we got a bunch of new side characters in this one. Is there anyone that stood out to you? Oh, obviously, uh, the daughter, Akira, uh, she was amazing. I was waiting for her to come back for the entire movie when she disappeared. Um, I was glad that they, there, there's, you know, she, 
I knew that she was a big character um, from the beginning. So seeing her like at the hotel front desk, I'm like, oh, that's kind of odd. You know, you're kind of a big character. Why are you doing like this menial job? And then when she takes off the robe and she has like the badass suit underneath it, I'm like, yes, yes, let's go. <laughs> let's go. So, yeah, she was awesome. I loved her character. I definitely want more of that character what whatever whatever she uh wherever they can find a place to put her i definitely want to want to see her again awesome Stu, what about you uh so yeah i definitely agree with her i missed her name that's why earlier i just called her bullet train guy's daughter but i definitely <laughs> wanted more of her uh nobody seems like an obvious choice here like he comes in and he's this big mystery and how is he tracking john wick and is he gonna be a good guy is he gonna be a bad guy he kind of straddles that line the entire movie and he's this big mystery character that we never really get any resolution on it's just like oh yeah he's just there just accept it and there's no backstory to him that's how Um, a lot of things in this franchise are like true why why does the elder have to be out in the desert like how did he get there what is he doing there he just sits there and stares off into the distance waiting for somebody to find him like but i think maybe i was just more engrossed in this character and i wanted to know more about him because he seemed so interesting and he had a dog just like john wick and you knew john wick was gonna like him because he had a dog so for me like i said going forward i want an akira movie and i want a a nobody movie like you have to give me those now because those two characters were both amazing yet also felt somewhat unresolved i got you i got you so man uh, i'm gonna agree with you uh Stu. loved nobody uh i'm gonna agree with you mark i loved akira obviously you know front runner woman crush of the year 2023 right now uh uh, rena sawayama in her first movie role so uh, apparently a singer right mark yeah yeah her videos are crazy she's an amazing i don't even know how you would classify her it's not like pop music it's not electric music it's just just cool just cool music and she has a big following so She's been around for a little while. I've been a fan of hers for a couple of years now. I didn't know she could act. <laughs> she, it was amazing to see her because her videos are kind of crazy, kind of like Bjork-ish. So it was mm-hmm. weird to see her like as a normal person in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I, I loved about her and a lot of things in this movie is she had her own distinct fighting style. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when she fought, it was different than how John fights or different from how Donnie Yen fought. So I really appreciated that. Um, and one thing I did appreciate, and I've talked about this previously is when you know they pull the camera back and let you see the action so it's not like um in the dark knight rises where catwoman's fighting in the foreground in the background you see batman having the worst choreographed action scene in history where guys are flying away from not even getting hit um you know john's in the forefront fighting and she's off around the corner but you're still seeing like incredible action choreography happening so fuck yeah Yeah. (laughs) like she was great um, I love Donnie Yen in this. I'm always going to love Donnie Yen, but man, is he out? He's been done dirty by a lot of Western films and that he actually got to shine in this, which was fantastic. I love the fact that he used doorbells to kill those guys. Right. Insanity. So is, I want to mention something. This is something my wife and I talked about leaving the movie. Did you feel that it was weird that they set up in the first act that this guy's blind, but he's a great warrior because he has this adaptive equipment. But then they completely drop that as the movie goes on. And it's like, ah, no, he's just fine without it. He just kicks ass and he's, he's essentially daredevil. Whereas in the first act, they set him up like, oh, he's not daredevil. Like he's not magical because he's blind. He has to rely on shit. And then as the movie goes on, it's just like, ah, no, he's daredevil. It's fine. He just (laughs) knows where everything is intuitively. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When he's, when they're going up the stairs, he's just shooting bad guys. Like not, 
nonstop. Yeah. And I'm like, how old is he not hitting John <laughs> by any chance? Don't worry maybe about he, it. Maybe he did. Maybe <laughs> maybe a couple of those bullet casings from uh, John's jacket came from him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to to defend the movie and say that, you know, in the beginning when he's going into the Tokyo uh, hotel, then, you know, he was prepared and he had brought all his equipment with him. By the time we get to the, the end where they're going up the stairs, he's beat up and he just has his sword. So. But okay. <laughs> again, yeah, there's little caveats here and there. You're just going to have to make for the movie. It's just like watching a Marvel movie and being like, why didn't Thor show up and help? Like, it, it's just not going to happen. So just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see him again. And like I said, I was just thrilled that he got to shine in a Western movie and, and just have his full skills on display. It was just fucking breathtaking at times watching him fight. And, and you know, you, we watched something like Mulan a couple years ago, Mark, and he didn't even get a fucking action scene in it. So you know, maybe he's tired. Maybe it's like, you know what, Donnie, just show up to the set, say a few lines, and that's it. Cl- cash the check, dude. Just relax. I mean, for, I'm not going to grudge anybody for cashing a check, but man, that was that was so disappointing. You can't have Donnie in your movie, not at least give him one fight scene. But considering how poorly filmed that was versus this, maybe it was for the best. God, we are um, not going to get into this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, those are the those are the characters I like the best. So, all right, a couple more questions, and then we'll get a rating. Marcellus, your favorite action scene in the movie? Oh, man, I was thinking about this earlier, and I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can pinpoint it, but the I'm gonna say the one that I really really enjoyed is the overhead shot of of him going through the different rooms with the uh, dragon fire gun. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> like that whole scene, I'm like, I don't understand how they're doing. I don't understand who came up with this concept, how they practice this, and how they're shooting it. It was like next level filmmaking, even though I know it was based on a video game or in, quote unquote inspired by a video game. Oh, shit. The other thing I loved about this movie, the fucking Warriors nod with the DJ playing the songs. Uh, yeah, for the killers. Oh that yeah, was amazing. I'm like, shout out to you. I love that. Uh, so yeah, so I'm gonna say the overhead dragon fire gun scene, probably my favorite. That's the one that sticks in my mind the most. Stu. Uh so yeah, the overhead shot was the the most well done. I I am such a mark for single take shots, and I really hope that was one. I hope that wasn't one of those things where like in the movie Atomic Blonde, there's like a 10 minute single take shot, but you find out it's actually 40 takes just stitched together really well. I hope that overhead shot was actually a single take because those are breathtaking to me. But for me, it was the Arc de Triomphe fight. I mean, that just goes on and on and you've got characters getting annihilated by cars with the extremely heavy 5 a.m. traffic. But I, I just had so much fun with that. I thought that was so much fun. It starts off in cars and then they're out of cars and they're shooting and they're punching while the traffic's buzzing around them. Oh, so creative and, and such a joy. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree with both of you guys because it's real close for me that um, overhead scene based uh, inspired by Hotline Miami was uh, amazing, especially with the Dragon's Fire uh, shotgun shells lighting people on fire. That was amazing. Uh, but I agree with you, Stu. It's the Arc the Triumph fight. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's next level action filmmaking. I I. I don't know what Oscar they could possibly be nominated <laughs> for or win for this, but it's just I wish there was a stunt category because just the, the the way it's a whole scene. They're fighting. There's cars flying around everywhere. People are getting thrown into cars. People are getting knocked up in the air by cars, then getting shot in the head before they can land on the ground. Uh, he's driving around in a car with no door on it. Like this was 
stuff you can't even conceptualize. You know, this is insanity. I can't even imagine how they filmed it. Like how much of this was real, what was CG, what cars were there, what weren't. And it all looked great. And it, and just him grabbing a guy's fighting them hand to hand and throwing them into an oncoming car was just amazing. This was next level filmmaking. I, I God, I hope they can get nominated for an Oscar for something for this because it really does deserve it. I, I can't imagine anything else stunt wise or action scene wise coming even close to this this year. But so that that's definitely my my favorite. But last question, then we're going to go ahead and give it a score. Marcellus Reagan's. Is there going to be John Wick number five? Yes, there is. Uh, but it's not going to happen for another seven years because uh, he still has to get his car back. <laughs> Remember, he, he went and oh, grabbed no. his, his car in part two. He grabbed it. He smashed the shit out of it. He dropped it off at John Leguizamo. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I'll get the car fixed for you. We'll have it done for you in uh, the year 2030. So uh, <laughs> so 2030, uh, John Leguizamo is going to drive up with the car all new. And John Wick is going to come out of some cabin all gray <laughs> and ready to kick ass again. That's that's my pitch. Wow. OK. Uh, and do you think he's dead? <sighs> Every everything about these past four movies point to him being dead. So shit i'm gonna i don't know it's tough to say it's tough to say i'm gonna say yes because they keep saying that he's dead so i'm gonna say yes i think it's a weak storytelling death but you know i who am i to go up against these filmmakers okay all right well i mean i think um i think that they pretty much set it up like the only way this ends is when he dies so (laughs) that's where we're at but we also didn't see a body right no doctor came out off screen and 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 (laughs) And examined him and proclaimed him dead. So, and we never saw him buried. We never saw him taken to the hospital. Nothing. We saw him hunch over, fall forward, and next thing you know, there's a grave. So, they definitely left it open for themselves. Stu, you ready for part five? And is he dead or not? I I can't imagine he's dead just based on the circumstances. I talked about it earlier. Mark Ellis just mentioned it again. It just it was so inauspicious. It just felt like. No, come on. That can't be it. This is this is a ploy of some sort. And I also want to throw a sequel idea out to uh, recall back to part two, but a different part of tar- part two than Mark Ellis. Uh, bring back Peter Stormare, like the one guy John Wick left alive. What's <laughs> right. he doing? I want to know why he's left alive. He was another character from the previous movies that I was like, oh, I hope he comes back for part four and is relevant. Like why John left this guy alive. And I missed him. And he's another guy like Clancy Brown. Just give me more Peter Stormare in every movie. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, I obviously am in for as many of these as they want to make. If they don't want to make another one ever again, I am completely satisfied. Um, If you could keep this entire team from director to stunt choreographers to cinematographers all together, it doesn't have to be the same actors, but you keep the behind the scenes team all together and they want to go make a different type of action movie. uh, sci-fi movie or horror comedy something i'll be there every single time day one uh it's just blown away by the creativity from the behind the scenes crew um if they want to make a john mcfive obviously he's probably not dead he's dead unless they want to make another movie that's the way i look at <laughs> yeah. it and um the guys from Lionsgate films already came out and said no he he'll be back at some point it just depends on when they want to make it i guess uh keanu and the director want to take some years off um, so he may come back, but we're going to get a see a spinoff. So we're getting uh, Anna D.R. Moss is ballerina. So sadly, Mark Ellis directed by Lynn Wiseman, the director of the Underworld films. 
That's okay. He also directed Die Hard 4, which wasn't that bad. Uh, Well, if we're going from one of the greatest action movies in the last 23 years to a guy whose best film you can say wasn't that bad, (laughs) seems seems like a downgrade. (laughs) Oh, Kevin Smith's not in this one. And and if he is, he's not crying in interviews about it. I hate you so much. (laughs) Yes, somebody has to. Um, day day one of asking Kevin Smith not to be. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm down for whatever these guys want to do going forward. I'm, I'm always down for more John Wick, so no issue there. So we got to do it, guys. We've got to score this movie zero to five. Five being the best, zero being the worst. Marcellus Reagans, what do you got? John Wick Chapter Four. This is a tough one because on one hand, it's one of the best action movies ever made but it, just having cool action scenes does not make a movie so damn it i mm, i'm shit i'm gonna give this one a four also got hot asian girls in it. <laughs> that's right i'm gonna give it a four four out of five a little low i know it's okay it uh Stu, what do you got i feel like i'm gonna build that ladder to joey's score i i have a really hard time giving movies five on one viewing and so i can't do it here but it's a it's a minimum four and a half i i really loved this movie it was a ton of fun i'm with you joey i don't know that anything anything i foresee is going to pass it this year there might be a big surprise that i don't see coming that i really just love but Nothing on the schedule looks like it should be better than this was. So it's it's a minimum four and a half for me. And if I watch it one or two more times, I may bump it up to a five. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the last couple of years, especially when we had COVID and, and uh, we didn't have any really new releases, there were all these weird streaming movies that just blindsided you out of nowhere that you're like, wait, all of a sudden the Space Sweepers is in my top five of the year. But um, <laughs> it deservedly also. Um but yeah, this is a five out of five for me. If I could give it higher than a five, I would. This is the the kind of movie like 11 year old me watching terrible action movies, watching a fucking American Ninja four on VHS. This is the kind of shit I, I dreamed of when I was a kid. This is just next level action movie. The best action movie, the millennium. Ugh. I can't see anything biting better than this this year. Like you said, Stu, something may surprise us. Something may blindside us out of nowhere, but God, I'm pretty sure this is the movie of the year. I'm pretty sure we saw the woman crush of the year. I think uh, it's all wrapped up, guys. This movie is fucking fantastic. <laughs> um, just go see it. Go see it on the biggest screen possible. Five out of five for me. Looks like we all loved it. I'm sure someone out there has a differing opinion. So hit us up on social media. Let us know what you thought. And now we're going to wrap it up before we tap it up. We're going to get some recommendations for the listeners out there. Marcellus Reagans, what do you got? Uh, if you haven't seen uh, Top Gun Maverick, it is now available streaming on Amazon Prime. You don't have to have Paramount+. Plus. Uh, it was one of the fun movies that I, I had watching last year. Um, and it's, uh, it's uh, much like John Wick, it's a pretty decent sequel to uh, a movie that came before it. So if you haven't had a chance to check out Top Gun Maverick, uh, streaming on Amazon Prime now. One of the very few movies that I can overlook Tom Cruise being in it and enjoy the movie. That's how good it is. Wow. All right, Stu. Tell us once again where people could find you and give us a recommendation for the listeners out there. Sure. So all the social medias, it's going to be SWO production. That's Twitter, Instagram, the, the rare occasion that I hop onto TikTok. Joey needs me to do more TikToks. I'm, I'm going to work on it. I promise. (laughs) I just need more time. 
I I th- always think like, oh, I'm going to get all caught up on these podcasts and website articles and then I can do more videos, but I just keep getting further ahead and just never, never stop being ahead. But uh, everything's SWO Productions. And as for recommendations, I've got two. Neither of these are particularly new, like they're both within the last six years, but uh, they're both on Netflix. I wanted to fill in a Bong Joon-ho blank spot, so I watched Okja, which is uh, such a gorgeous and well-told movie. And you keep talking about John Wick Part 4 being your action movie of the millennium. I'm going to reference mine for a second here and say, because of how much I loved RRR, I've been getting more into Bollywood. And also on Netflix, there's a movie called Andhadhun which is about a blind or a person who's pretending to be blind, who is a piano aficionado and he gets caught up in a murder mystery where he has seen murders, but he can't tell anybody that because he (laughs) spent his whole life pretending to be blind. Interesting. These are both on Netflix. They're both on Netflix. Uh, the, the second one, I I feel bad. I'm sure I'm butchering the name and had it's, it's spelled and had hun. If you want to look it up, those three words, but it's all one word. Uh, it, it's really funny for the first half and then takes a turn. That is, I did not see coming, which is kind of a pun given the movie. Nice. Excellent. Well, thank you, Stu, so much for jumping in with us this week. We always appreciate it. I'm yeah, sure thank we'll you so much you... for having me. I love talking to you guys. Awesome. I'm sure we'll have you on again in the future. You're on our short list. But I am going to recommend that you go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you'll find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. There's links to all our YouTube and Patreon content as well at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or just about anywhere under the sun you find podcasts. We will be there. Check out the aforementioned YouTube channel. Adam's been dropping content like crazy interviews, trailer reactions, unboxings, and more. And, of course, the aforementioned Patreon, where you can support the show monetarily and get extra exclusive content. My recommendation, let's say say you just need more stylized action. Uh, Like we just were talking about, a movie is going to come out of nowhere and knock you offside the head that you weren't even expecting. And I was not expecting anything for a movie called Furies currently playing on Netflix, came out this week on Netflix, the Vietnamese action movie, very stylized action, like a John Wick type movie or Bullet Train, but not as goofy as Bullet Train, but that kind of stylized action. Um, Three very young girls are human trafficked, rescued, trained to be assassins, and are out for revenge. And it's fucking awesome. (laughs) Directed, Mark Ellis, directed by the actress who played Rose Tico's sister in The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, she was also in uh, the old guard too. Is that uh, right? The character is, is that's supposed to come back in part two. Love her. Of, oh, if, allegedly, if there's ever a part two, there is there is a part two coming. The, the old guard guards? part two is coming soon. The older guard. <laughs> the old guards with an S. <laughs> <laughs> the old guard, comma T O O. Anyway, uh, that's also free on Netflix, so I I highly recommend you check it out. Let me know what you thought, and that's going to do it. That is going to do it for episode number 451 of the So Wizard Podcast. I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo, my co-hosts from the SWO Productions, Stu World Order. It's Stu. Thank you so much for listening, and like I said, always love talking to you guys, so thank you for having me on also. Thank you for being here. We love you, and the expert, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagans. I am Klaus. Uh, Everybody, (laughs) have yourself a great week and Wakanda forever.
All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week for week seven of ten in a row going to the movie theater. And that is Dungeons & Dragons colon Honor Among Thieves. We have yet another special guest coming to hang out with us as Aubrey is still away on assignment. But I think we're going to have a fun time torturing this person with this movie. You can kind of figure out who it is from what I'm saying. (laughs) And we'll see you guys next week. Good journey.